0: The date is Friday, August 27th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we invite a very special guest on to talk to us about something that has been going on since the beginning of recorded history, juggling. More specifically, the experiences and stories of a traveling entertainer out on the road. So enjoy.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your favorite show on the internet, encapsulating all things entertainment. You've already guessed. It's entertain this. It's entertain this. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm scared because every week it does kind of seem like you're becoming more possessed by whatever demon inside of you makes you do that voice. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I don't know it's, who he this, is. This is the uh, sleep deprivation demon. That's what this is.
0: <laughs> hey, we oh
2: all got God, our demons. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. Um, I just had an
1: idea for what our Halloween special should be. So remind me to tell you after the show, oh, and God, e- no. everybody listening, get excited. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be big, dumb. Anyway, another month has passed, and we were tasked once again with the never-ending uh, challenge of finding somebody to top our previous guest from a previous month to prove that we are ever growing and we are ever improving and that this show uh, is still worth your time. And we promise it is. <laughs> so so thank you guys for tuning in. But we have a great guest this week. Uh, I'm very excited because uh, kind of out of the blue, but Chloe, our fact checker, knew this guest uh, from a previous engagement she had had. Uh, so... We're excited to bring him on. Uh, This is Brian Koenig. Hey, nice to meet you guys. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Brian, you have a very interesting life uh, and I didn't give too much away in the cold open, (laughs) but uh, we would love to hear just like what you do, why you do it and what you got going on. So if you want to give a little introduction, uh, floor is yours.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, nice to meet you all. Um, yeah. I, my name is Brian Koenig. I'm an entertainer, I would say, but I'm I'm a juggler. Um, I've worked for circuses, uh, operas, schools, fairs, libraries, done just about every type of gig you can do as a um, a gigging entertainer um, from high profile to low profile. And uh, yeah, I'm on the road right now. That is so cool. Um,
0: <laughs> just to guess- be clear, you're not a juggalo, right?
1: I'm not, not a different. juggalo. Okay. I, we, we run in the same circles sometimes, but you know.
0: <laughs> I thought I misheard you there because of he's, the wagon.
1: He's not a juggalo, but everywhere he goes, people do know the part he's playing. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> um. So you said that you've worked from high profile to low profile. I'm I'm interested in what qualifies as. A high profile juggling gig, yeah. Because um, I can imagine what a low profile juggling gig is. <laughs> yeah. Probably sure. Like, sure.
3: What, what, what do you think a high profile juggling gig is?
1: I guess high the highest profile that I can think would be like the like
2: the circus, right? Yeah, like Ringling mm-hmm. Brothers, like Cirque du Soleil.
0: Maybe even mm-hmm. the president's in town. You you do a little you do a little juggling act for him, maybe.
2: Yeah. So
1: I. Know what a low profile is. And I assume that a low profile is like kids birthday parties and things like that. Um, If there is a lower profile, I would love to know. Oh, uh, a, low, a lower a
2: profile. Lower- I, oh gosh, yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's like the
3: number of people at the birthday party, right? Yeah. Like you're the right. time I sh- showed up, showed up to this like like party place where there's like hundreds of kids for this birthday party. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a rocking show. It's like right. yeah, it's a birthday party, but it's gonna be fun. And then uh, they take you to the private pizza room in the back, and it's for this family of a grandmother, grandfather, father, mother, and two kids. And I did the entire show hour long for those six people. Wow. So, wow.
2: That's, I don't know. I don't is, know if that's I don't know if that's lower profile than like possibly like a show for like 5 or 6 45-year-old men. <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be pretty forest. weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but a high profile I have to assume is like the circus or whatever circuses are still kind of yeah. out there like um, Ringling like Bros, Cirque du Soleil, Barnum & Bailey, things like that. Yeah. I think Cirque du Soleil is probably like the highest profile. Yeah. In, yeah. From what I could think of uh, yeah
3: I'd say it's the highest profile that's like that people would know would know of like off the top of their heads Cirque mm-hmm. du Soleil is definitely like an established sort of thing and you know people pay lots of money to go see Cirque and they they take care of their artists in general um it's not the most money you can make as a performer but like it's for that kind of a thing it's pretty unique
2: yeah so. I, I'm very interested in the fact that you said that like it's the highest that we would know of that actually yeah.
1: scares me because I don't want to yeah. be hunted down by any like secret organization of jugglers by like finding out too much you know
3: yeah i'd say it's kind of funny because i I guess you know there's it's like terms of you think of like what you can make the best living off of i guess would be a higher profile i mean Mm. if you want to talk in terms of most exposure like halftime shows if you're doing it in front of the largest crowd like like seventeen thousand people in an arena um you know any tv any tv spots there's some some jugglers who open for like professional comedians but um Mm. One of my highest profile gigs, I'd say, was uh, I worked at the Metropolitan Opera wow. uh, a couple of years, 2019, right before the pandemic. And uh, yeah, so we were in a show there, an opera called Akhenaten, and they featured 12 jugglers throughout the entire thing. And we were on stage two and a half hours out of the three hour production wow. and um, juggling to Philip glass music. So it was, uh, it was pretty high profile.
1: I, that is pretty high profile. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a sort of secret underground like group of people who just want like jugglers at everything they're at but you always see like in movies <laughs> at those like fancy like black tie like weird parties they always have like a juggler there for some reason who's also just walking around juggling and it's like part of the ambiance of the party um, I've,
3: uh, <laughs> yeah that is so true i've gotten so many roles in shows that way as well just like really? i don't yeah i think there's just something in like the um in the air for all the director or creative types are just like oh and get us a juggler we need a juggler and then they just stick us in the back corner um yeah and you're just like
1: there <laughs> just it's always the it's always pointed out in those youtube videos where they're like details you might have missed they're like well mm-hmm. why was there this random ass juggler here maybe this in inception proves like <laughs> yeah. this is still part of the dream because there's this juggler here or whatever what does
0: it mean um, man <laughs>
1: But that's absolutely so so that leads me to another question, which is, um, I guess going into this, for some reason, I had only considered like you being a live performer. But um, what what all spans of work have you like done?
3: Yeah, um, in terms of like live performance, you know, obviously uh, being in shows as a part of like an ensemble cast or doing solo appearances in shows, you know, everything from like community theater to like, like Broadway type productions. Uh, But then I've been on reality TV shows, local reality TV shows, like there's the CW Dayton did a reality TV show where they took their, uh, these uh, young, attractive people to the circus I worked for, we trained them how to do circus acts. And so I was Mm. on the local (laughs) CW network um episodes of TLC's most outrageous kids parties um I was in a documentary about ventriloquists one time in the background (laughs) I don't
2: (laughs) very cool
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: you get a little of everything
1: that's really interesting I you know juggling feels like one of the oldest art forms to exist like um The the idea of juggling kind of goes hand in hand with like medieval times last week we talked about uh, like Arthurian legends and stuff like that. But like even back Mm. then, like you could get cast in movies that are set like way back when and like in the future, like juggling feels like this career path that's never (laughs) going to go away. And it's like I guess you don't think about that until you start to delve into the world of juggling. Yeah, Uh, it's It's
2: like the epitome of like the court jester in the corner there's always that doing this
0: thing yeah
1: (laughs) but like you can equally imagine a juggler in like black mirror episodes set in the future like juggling neon like bowling pins and (laughs) (laughs) still like in it so it's crazy um i imagine that it'll be a long-standing career path for you uh which which is great um another thing that that kind of interests us in getting you on the show um is that you're very knowledgeable about what you do not only do you know how to juggle but like you know about juggling, the history of juggling you have a passion for, and we would love to just, like, tap into that and just hear, like, everything you want to tell us. We want to be your sponge for the next Uh, couple minutes, few (laughs) minutes. I
3: should have brought my my the books with me because uh, I have books? a bunch. There's oh, there's books? a lot. I have there's, there's a lot everything. of books. Yo, there's a juggling book, and it's not as valuable now because they've done a reprint of it. But it was called Four Thousand Years of Juggling, and they were selling for hundreds of dollars, like three four hundred dollars, because they were so limited in print. People were collecting them that weren't even jugglers.
1: This is so, like. This is exactly what I mean. Like four thousand years of juggling. Ever since like we learned how to stand upright, the next thing we learned was how to throw shit in the air and catch <laughs> yeah. it. And that's yeah. incredible.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been around and it's kind of interesting. One of the one of the most I'll get back to the beginning, but I think it's fascinating because my my friend, uh, Tom Wall, who's a really amazing juggler, uh, he performed with Cirque du Soleil and he runs a publishing company and he publishes books by performers about performing. And um, he wrote a history book about juggling. And one of the big things in, that he researched, came across researching is that the word for magic and juggling were interchangeable um, for most of the last like uh, five, most of the last like... Uh, 500 years when people were writing in English or versions of English, you know, old English, middle English. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of hard to get a handle on the recent history of juggling up until like the 1900s. Uh, because they were inter- used interchangeably so they would say there was a magician and they would mean a juggler they would say a juggler and they would mean a magician it was just a word for oh. parlor tricks yeah. um, and that was until this uh, performer named Paul Cincovalli came around he was a oh, gosh I think he was British See, I'm, this is, I'm bad um, but I didn't write the book I guess <laughs> you're so you're like
1: I'm bad and then you're like throwing out <laughs> knowledge that I would never have gotten <laughs> unless, like talking to you
3: yeah this guy this guy he came around and he was uh, it's funny because people know like you know if I said Houdini you would know exactly who I was talking about right I mean you'd have an idea Mm -hmm. and he was as he was as famous or more famous than Houdini in his own time he was uh just so wildly famous as a performer a live performer uh, because he would do amazing feats like he would balance a cannon on his face and he would juggle like like rifles and stuff um And, like, he would do crazy stuff, but he was very specific that he wasn't doing magic. He said, what I'm doing is real. I want people to know. And he basically forced the term juggling to mean what he did, which was balancing and throwing and manipulating objects and not um, deception and misdirection.
1: Yeah, that's something that I hadn't considered when you had mentioned that they're interchangeable. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because, like, I guess I gave too much credit to magicians. Like, sleight of hand (laughs) is sort of a form of juggling. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I could see like definitely it discredits a magic or a juggler to label them as magician because magicians are known for like tricks and stuff like that. Um... I, I had a friend in high school who also was kind of involved in circus stuff, and he used to do this... <laughs> he
3: said that like he's, in, like he's into drugs.
1: He
2: was kind, of, <laughs> kind of involved in circus stuff.
1: He kept go well, up to the I, bathroom and
2: throwing some bowling kids yeah. around, you know. Well, he was one of the bad kids that my mom told me to stay away from. He, he
1: would, uh, so we worked in like, the, the theater a lot. We were doing a lot of like um, set building and stuff like that, which often required us to use ladders to get up to higher places. And then I remember, just one day, I was maybe a freshman when he was a senior. I walked in to paint a set, and I was like, "I can't find the ladder. Where is it?" And somebody just pointed like out past the curtain. So I opened the curtain, and this kid has a twelve foot ladder like balanced on his chin. I'm like,
2: "What the (laughs) hell is going on?" Yeah, (laughs) That's what's going on.
1: That's crazy, but yeah, it's it's interesting to compare them to magicians. That's not something I had thought about before. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty and it's pretty cool now that there's but ever since there's that diversion, there's also it just also happens to kind of coincide with um, the like coming to like uh, when print publications became a lot more easy to make and were more accessible for people. So we just have a lot more written knowledge about juggling because playbills. We'd get playbills. We'd get like posters for shows that were coming up. So basically, a lot of our knowledge of juggling starts in the late 1800s, early 1900s specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know more about it going way back. Um, the first depictions they think of juggling went back to the Benny Hassan tombs in Egypt. Um, these drawings on the wall, uh, there's these women that are... Standing in profile as they do yeah. in their e, in, as, as they do in their two-dimensional drawings, and uh, and they're like tossing, yeah, yeah, and they're tossing. They're playing a game of like they each have like two objects, two balls, they're throwing in the air, and they believe this is the earliest depiction. They thought it was like a throwing and catching game, and um, and so that's what we consider the first depictions of juggling. And we're so into it that like one of my best friends has a tattoo across his back of the four women um, uh, juggling. Actually, it's three women juggling and one one doing acrobatics, which we have we've learned. Now. but um that's incredible um yeah and and one of the other cool things with that history is that a lot of our knowledge of juggling um is it's like it's something that happens across uh cultures and it seems to have developed like universally for people like it wasn't started in one place there's like there's depictions of juggling in ancient China there was like stories of how a juggler juggled nine swords in front of an opposing army and scared them and turned them away Wow, and that, turned me away. that is
1: so <laughs> yeah. cool it's like He's we won the war swords. with juggling it's like of yeah. course you did that's the scariest thing anyone could ever do in front of an army of men yeah. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like uh, that's probably the oldest depiction of like General Grievous as well like just i was wondering when we were gonna get
3: to star wars i was oh, looking course. at some of your past episodes and i was hoping for it <laughs>
0: it always comes swords. back around i'm not messing with yeah. him what you, it's, a, it's a bit off subject
1: but he would be an incredible juggler like oh, yeah would. absolutely he would four arms um but yeah that's so cool like to defend yourself with just juggling and for that to scare people it would scare me if i was lining up to fight somebody and he started (laughs) juggling four swords for sure
3: yeah sometimes it scares people in the sense of like hey don't go near that juggler uh come here kids go over this way but that's that's the best i think we get these days
1: a sort of side question though i do want to continue down the path of the history of juggling just because i'm already super into it but (laughs) um, yeah i'm here uh, kind of a side question since we're on swords um what what would you say is maybe one of the most dangerous things that you juggle, if if not mm-hmm. swords? If if swords, then, like, are you also into, like, the sword swallowing? I know that's often how, like, jugglers end the whole sword juggling thing. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, so uh, danger uh, is obviously a thing we get asked to do. Like, oh, do you do swords? Do you do knives? Do you do chainsaws? Chainsaws,
1: yeah. yeah chainsaws. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I, I
3: saw where you are going. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's really it's kind of irrelevant. Like if a sword versus like a knife versus a torch, I wish I had them in here. They're in in the vehicle packed away right now. Mm. But um, they're basically, if they're a club shaped object and they have a handle on one side and they're weighted evenly, it's not super different. And like, even if a, Like, the knives aren't razor sharp. They're sharp enough I can, like, cut a watermelon in half if I need it to. But, like, (laughs) they're not going to, like, slice my hand to the bone if I just touch the blade. And, like, if I'm going to catch the wrong side, I usually know so I can, like, be careful about it. And, like, you know, you could get a nick or something. But um, with torches, too, they the way they work is you burn Kevlar wick and you dip lighter fluid into it. And so it's really burning the vapor off of the lighter fluid. Um, and so it's not super heated, um, part of like the top might be, but you're not going to get a terrible burn either. If you catch the wrong side, um, gosh, the most dangerous things, I guess you, I mean, chainsaws are just hard because they're so heavy, like a normal juggling device weighs like one to two pounds max and, uh, the lightest chainsaw you can buy commercially is like 12 pounds. Um, and, the fact uh, that you
1: know this information tells me you've done it before, and that's very exciting. I have, I have <laughs> done attempted. it. I have I have purchased chainsaws,
3: um, and I have decided it wasn't worth the effort because you gotta like you gotta choose, totally. you gotta like run, like it's too close to maintenance. You have to like use the right mix of gas and uh, oil. whatever oil. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, and then store them upright, and
1: I don't know yeah that's so just a lot, lot. and, and yeah. you know if you don't do it people don't notice mm-hmm. it's like when yeah. you pull them out that people are like oh chainsaws mm-hmm. like they don't think yeah. about it other than <laughs> yeah. that yeah. and
3: to your point I guess and to your point I'd say the most dangerous things with juggling tend to be when you get into combination tricks which is a really com- common thing where you combine multiple skills like you were saying um like, so, like sword swallowing is, j- is legitimately dangerous I don't do it there's actually very few people that do it it's in the yeah. it's in the hundreds maybe thousands wow. um, there's like a society of sword swallowers um that you're supposed to be a member of if you do it. And it's a, like, it's like truly like a thing where, uh, you know, very few people, I have met several people that taught themselves. Um, but, uh, it's a very niche thing and it's very dangerous and like, it's just a, it's a, it's a wild card when it comes to performing. Cause a lot of times people like, will do a thing and they'll pull it out and they'll let an audience member do it. And then if they just do the wrong thing, if they pull it a wrong, wrong angle, they can perforate your, your esophagus and <laughs> get, you get infections in there really easily. So yeah Yeah.
1: i imagine it's not like a great thing
3: (laughs) yeah i broke i broke my leg two years ago um we're doing chair stacking which is like where you take the chairs and you do i used to do a lot more acrobatics trapeze stuff like that in the circus um and i broke my leg practicing chair stacking teaching it to somebody at a a rehearsal and ever since then i've really just kind of tamped down like the, the like the physical danger that i put myself in because i can do a full show without endangering my life and as sure. i'm getting a little bit older a little less uh agile not that old <laughs> but like you know just like i can do this longer and not get hurt so yeah yeah
1: that's that's incredible um let's jump back to the history because okay it's incredible <laughs> so so a man fought an army with juggling and won and we yeah. love that.
3: And, uh, yep, <laughs> they just got that scared. Was, yeah, that was in, in dynastic China. Um, oh. I, I wish I knew. I should have the book with me. But yeah, this is all this is all stuff from my friend Tom Wall, and then my other friend David Kane, who's runs the only juggling history museum in the world, or one of the
1: only. He He's in Middletown,
3: Middletown, Ohio. Probably uh, oh, not too far. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like a. That's literally a day's drive. That's like a day trip for most yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. incredible. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have 30 to 30 take down a the road. We
3: should
0: just
1: field you. trip.
3: We can do record the uh, follow up podcast inside of his museum. We absolutely um, could. David does a lot of the research on like modern jugglers and like all the news clippings and everyone from like the last, and he documents it all. And he has tons of like five, 10, 15 books of just like 100 modern jugglers. You should know. And, uh, but you go back to, yeah, there's, there's the drawings in Egypt. There's, there's, uh, writings about jugglers defending armies with swords. Um, in the Pacific, uh, islands, there's a nation, a nation called Tonga. And they were like a Pacific Island nation, small island uh, somewhere in, I think, in the South Pacific. And mm-hmm. they have a really unique thing where all the women in their culture, they grow up and they do a juggling pattern. Um, it's like a game they play. And uh, actually, I can just show you. Let me show you. I can show you because I'm just trying yes. to explain this. I can just show you right what? here.
1: For yeah. anybody for anybody who, <laughs> who just listens to the audio version of our podcast this is a friendly reminder while he's grabbing these things like we do have a video version
2: as well and maybe this we is do. the episode you that you check it out time.
1: on it's on our youtube channel uh just look up entertain this with the three dots what's that called an ellipses ellipses Enter- entertain this ellipses yeah check All us out right. on youtube he's coming
0: back with the bowling okay. pins
1: I, I didn't want to
3: do this with pins because it's harder to do and I'm plugged into a wire, but I don't have <laughs> the balls with me, so. Okay. <laughs> so a normal juggling pattern is called a cascade and it yep. does crossing throws like oh. this. Okay. And they, I mean, if you don't flip them, they just go like that. But on in the Pacific island nation of Tonga, these women would play this game and all the all the girls are taught this game and they would just do a shower pattern where you throw in one hand and you catch in the other, which is what a lot of people think of juggling and how juggling's done in cartoons where like where one yeah. hand does all the throwing oh. and one hand does all the catching. Right. Like that. <laughs> and so. Wow, just so, really did it. Yeah, uh, and so um, what an incredible morning so we're having! <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> these girls would do that, but that that's like a harder way to juggle. And they wouldn't do it with just three; they would do it with four, five, and six nuts. They these nuts on these like large nuts on the island that they would mm-hmm. that they would pl- practice with, and that was like a game. And like all the women, from girls to like older women, still play this game. It's like a it's a fun thing, but and that's been going on for generations. They don't even know how long. So it's one of those things that's ubiquitous. It just kind of, it just happens and is, yeah. and, and is around. And then you get up to the 17, 1800s. There's like the, the juggler of Notre Dame. There's like that story about like a juggler who performed in the cathedral of Notre Dame for, uh, uh, like the like for, uh, the statue of Jesus or Mary or something. And it was some like very religious significance. Um, yeah. And then up to the modern day, you know, jugglers, uh, in circuses and, birthday parties and in operas and in,
1: yeah I don't know why I thought that the story of the guy juggling um, in Notre Dame was gonna end with the statue crying but I just did oh I think
3: it uh, does I think it does I think that's the thing is that it yeah, yeah he
1: like juggles and then like the statue of Jesus like weeps or something and <laughs> everyone's like wow juggling um <laughs> you know that's yeah. one of
3: the
0: shortest verses in the bible it's two words Jesus weeps or Jesus wept and that's yep. it <laughs> yeah
1: I didn't know that Sorry, tangent.
3: <laughs> I always I was say the writers nailed it on that one. Yeah, they were like, you know what? No this is reverse.
1: reverse. This is good. <laughs> I don't think we can get more powerful than this. Um, I don't know why, but as you were kind of discussing the history, you kept saying like juggling books and there's something very attractive about this mental image of a juggler juggling, juggling books. Oh yeah. Oh. Like that mm. just feels like a thing that once that mm-hmm. happens, it may What's fix that? global warming. I don't yeah. know why.
3: <laughs> it's actually kind of funny you mentioned that because I kind of left out like the whole modern era of juggling from like now back to like, you know, pre-World War One.
1: Let's talk about it. And, Let's get and, into it. Yeah, Let's get deep like- in the trenches.
3: <laughs> One of the... <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Come uh, on, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, with that, there was like um, this whole generation of jugglers for probably maybe 30, 40 years where like the way jugglers performed late 1800s, early 1900s was a style called gentleman juggling um, or like dinner, like dining room juggling, where basically they would just perform with everyday props that people mm-hmm. were used to seeing. So instead of clubs, they'd be doing like lightweight chairs and they'd be balancing tables on their face. And they, instead of like balancing a thing on their head, they'd do like a candelabra with like candles lit on it. Um, <laughs> and so it was really common. They would do like a top hat, a cigar and like a cane. And there was this whole like generation of jugglers that would just use common props before we had people start manufacturing these swanky little plastic dudes. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh yeah so you know uh so and books books were a thing that they would juggle you know books paper newspapers balancing you know
0: it's whatever they could find really right So is that Yeah
1: is that considered like I would have to assume just from the information you've already provided that that is more difficult because the weights are so different between mm-hmm. the three objects Also if you've ever tried to throw a bowler cap it is impossible Those <laughs> things are so difficult to do literally anything other than sit on your head with mm-hmm. um there was a while where I had gotten into Charlie Chaplin impersonation, like impersonating. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to learn like all the hat tricks that he did and everything, all the hat, hat juggling. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I have
3: two that I wear in the show and I juggle both of them, so...
1: So, so, okay, let's get into that for a second, just because this is going to pique my own curiosity, my own, my own disgusting, uh, fascinations. Do you do like (laughs) the hat juggling, like Charlie Chaplin, like rolling it down your arm, rolling it like back up and yeah, I'm I'm like,
3: I dabble, I dabble. Yeah. I'm not like a hat juggler. It's not my main discipline, but I use it as a character element in my act. So like I'll do a couple of tricks where like I'm. I'm like, I'm throwing the hat, uh, catching on the foot, kicking it back to the head. But the secret with the hat thing, and it's probably the issue that you had is you probably didn't have a heavy enough hat. I have a That's... specially made Nils pole bowler, hundred percent wool, weighs Ooh. about a pound and a half, two pounds. And it's just, it's meaty. And uh, yeah, but you can, but that helps with all the flipping. And if it's not like that, it's not going to be
1: stable in the air. It's not going to roll on your body. Um, so I it's I bet all you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, you know, I you, even found the bendy Kane and everything. Oh, yeah. The bendy
3: Kane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love Chaplin. I actually have a picture. I mean, I shouldn't say I love Chaplin. I think he was a complicated person. And there's yep. probably some if we if we want hey. hey, to. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. He was he was he did some things, you mm-hmm. know, Chaplin was a very good performer. Um, that's, and that's w- that's great. And anyone can learn a lot from him if they're looking to improve their physical comedy.
1: So. He did a he did a lot for both the performing arts and the cinematic arts, but he yeah. also just generally did a lot. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> historic figures, <laughs> check out our website. Historic figures are all problematic, and we just have to deal with that.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Talk about um,
3: juggling, am I? Re- <laughs> a lot. A lot of modern people are problematic, so you know. <laughs> fair.
0: It happens. I just got Is coffee this, up my oh, nose. I
3: to ask is this a uh is this
2: a family friendly podcast like are we no. pg it no d- depends on how you define that but generally yeah. no
1: if i can get yeah. into an antidote real quick and i doubt my mom's listening but if she is hi mom um <laughs> my mom tried to listen to our podcast when we were live a couple weeks ago and i started off by uh singing a version of a biggie smalls song <laughs> that includes the atomic the the thomas the tank engine theme song yep and it literally starts by like going um Come on, mother effers, come on. And my mom said I sat through your entire time doing that, and then I turned it off because I couldn't go on from that. If that's how you start the show, and I was like, I understand and totally get that. So no, we're not mostly. We are not PG. So if there's some dirty juggling secrets that you want to talk about, we're in. Let us hear Oh yeah, well I mean, well we can get there. I just wasn't sure. We I'm can get, get there. Oh, that was all get the there. joke. Let's I don't get know. there. Yeah. I Juggling
3: don't know after dark. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, as, as a juggler, you're really you're really flirting with. Uh, you're almost you're family friendly most of the time, but you can be in like cabarets, burlesque shows. You can do a little bit of everything. I think the weirdest thing I ever did was I got hired to perform. This was back in my doing lots of random gigs days. Uh, I was doing balloon balloon animals, right? But okay. I was on stilts. But I wasn't just doing going? balloon animals on stilts, right? <laughs> I was a Chippendale, so I was just wearing pants, cufflinks, and a bow tie and oh i've got my. my little my little balloon apron um, on and I'm at this I show up to this Halloween party in the suburbs and I'm talking like three bedroom house in like a cookie cutter neighborhood like nice little place and there's like 60 70 people inside they've got dueling DJs in this living room like literally facing each other and they hired me and a little person who was an exotic dancer um, so they hired a stilt walker and a little person and the little and she got in an accident a car accident on the way there and she wasn't there so they were like really angry that like They're like, where they're like, where's my little person? And I'm like, I don't think you should ask it like that. We're uh, a
0: little
3: person? but they're like also like they're like looking up at me because i'm nine feet tall and my head is like pushed against the ceiling like, because you i'm yourself. a little person like like they hired me in stilts and it's like eight foot ceilings and so i'm like tucked in there shirtless <laughs> doing balloons and then my my job there was to make uh was to make dirty balloons so i was making oh. uh dick dickheads so i just make like like balloons that look like you know yeah phallic objects coming off and then sure. i would you know we'd do every other thing that you could imagine that you could try and make out of a, a flesh tone balloon oh my um,
1: god we're gonna yeah, have so. to have you on like <laughs> maybe not an episode of the podcast but like if we ever do like a, a visual show like we're oh, gonna yeah. have to get oh, you yeah. to come god. with a bunch of stuff and just be like <laughs> and here's a dirty balloon uh you, you might have to censor this one uh oh, yeah, just, <laughs> and here's just just me juggling here's me finally head, juggling yeah. books about jugglers and <laughs> yeah
3: it, yeah, we juggled, juggled everything. Uh, there's like there's this thing we have at juggling festivals. Well, I
1: guess there, we have juggling festivals. Obviously, I was really
2: uh, hoping you were going to call them conferences. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, how They're how not
2: safe for work
1: is this story going to get at the juggling
3: conference? It doesn't. It can. It can. It can. It, well, so that's the thing. It's like we have these juggling festivals, and so you've this got a lot of
0: work. What do you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course it's you safe.
3: A, <laughs> you got a you got a lot of jugglers who get together, and uh, a lot of us. You know, I say jugglers that these things are really only about. 25% performers, maybe 15%. The rest are just people who like juggling. It's a hobby. Most, for most people, it's a hobby, which is awesome. And um, But for those of us who perform, we, we rarely l- we'll see each other because we don't tend to live in the same spots because it's, you know, it's kind of hard to live in the same spot as a bunch of other professional jugglers. You need space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we get together and then we have this thing, late night show. It's a tradition called the renegade show. The renegade show is a late night, no rules, no holds barred. Uh, trick show that usually happens in a bar a couple blocks away from the convention where anything goes. And, uh, and the, I think the, 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 the motto is: it better be short, funny, or good. And you can say and do whatever you want. So there's often nudity. Uh, there is, uh, you know, there's swearing. There's drinking. There's uh, bodily bodily fluid tricks. Um, now it's a little tamer these days because of like cameras and and stuff. It's not not as not as
1: raunchy. And some places your cameras at the door.
3: Yeah, some <laughs> places are like uh, no frontal nudity, please. And we're like, okay. Um, <laughs> Fine, don't be fine. Whatever. I guess. Yes. Yeah, but so we, we but then we will get together and we have all these dumb ideas. Like, I don't know, what can you, if you could take a, a, a circular object and place it on your head, where's another place on your body you could place it if you weren't wearing anything? You know, just put it down here, or like, uh yep. you try like toss something across the stage and like catch it in your butt cheeks. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, just things like that. Dumb things like, um you know. Yeah,
1: just it's good. It's a good time. It's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> the title of this episode brian brian koenig juggling but sexy <laughs> there you,
3: go. you can just use the you can just use the, the part where i'm just jamming my hand into my, into my <laughs> perfect thumbnail it's
0: kind of right there guys incredible
1: um, so a question that i kind of got while while listening to that um especially when i think it was when you had said that people are taking up juggling as a hobby um Anyone who is interested in like taking up juggling as a hobby, what are some tips that you would give like a new juggler? Or a nude juggler, whichever you
3: prefer.
0: A nude juggler? <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, for a nude juggler, I'd say
3: do it at your own house. Yeah. Um, Don't do it uh, on safe. Use the, correct, use the correct
1: set of balls. Um, yeah.
3: Now, if you
0: can uh, juggle your balls.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> you should probably see a doctor, yes. honestly.
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, it's so it's really cool. I When I started juggling, which wasn't that long, it was 2005-ish, um, I got really lucky because it's coincided with the birth of YouTube. Mm. And and um and so juggling uh was basically like only discussed on like internet forums like 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 weird uh like what do you call it? chat rooms and stuff and then YouTube came out and gave people a place to upload videos and like it exploded and I was like I was one of the many early adopters of like in the juggling community of using YouTube to share videos and get feedback on my juggling and that's how I learned and nowadays that's super common that's like what everybody does you learn things from YouTube if you want to find something out so there's some really great tutorials on YouTube my friend Taylor Taylor Glenn uh, you can find her if you look up Taylor tries she'll probably be the first result if you look up juggling stuff anyway but she does a bunch of really good tutorials tutorials just basic juggling and then like every one of like a library of like 23 ball tricks that you could learn and um yeah you can do it with tennis balls lacrosse balls baseballs balled up socks oranges um you know whatever you got three equally weighted objects would probably be the thing as we were saying earlier different weights is very difficult so
1: so i imagine <laughs> and correct me if i'm wrong boys but everyone's tried juggling before like oh, yeah. even if even yeah. if like you knew that you couldn't. You threw three things in the air, and you were like, I'm gonna catch all three, and then you don't, and it goes everywhere. Your mom <laughs> yells at you because you broke something. We've all been there. Um. My brain
0: can't do it. I have two hands. There's three objects.
1: Yeah. One of them has the third to stay one? in the, the air. Brain like... has
0: to like, okay, where's the trajectory and all that? It's like, I couldn't do it. I <laughs> yeah, like Certainly what the hell? do it now.
1: So what would you say is the most common mistake that people make when like, they're like, I'm going to juggle. Do you think that's the most common mistake is they just decide? Just to do they it? They yeah. like? like
3: yeah, deciding they want to juggle is the biggest mistake. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need any more competition.
2: <laughs> that's totally fair.
3: Um yeah no uh the biggest mistake is people think they start with 3 uh when in reality you start with 1 and it sounds really reductive but you just basically want to take one thing and juggling is one throw like the traditional it's just this throw it's just this throw again and again with three objects that's a cascade pattern right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you just practice that like that's a thing you need to be like you're not looking at it you know you're like it's going in and out of your peripheral vision I'm tossing around, for those of you listening, I'm tossing around a AC adapter for uh, a USB <laughs> cord. It's a it's, small it's still,
0: handheld object, yeah. A it's a small working. handheld
3: object. Um, I could have used the, I have my egg cooker here. I could have used that, but. Um,
0: <laughs> it's kind of random. You're just taking things off your shelf there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, no, I, was,
2: I was actually thinking of like this earlier. It's like, when you're walking around, just like, I don't know, like a crate and barrel, are you just yeah. like looking at stuff like, oh yeah, I could use that. Oh, I could juggle that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think as I've
3: gotten older, I do like, it's kind of like when you like climb on things and you're younger, like, I just want to climb on everything. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's like, yeah, like if I see something, I know I could juggle. I won't, you know, whatever. But I'll, I will go out a lot of times. Um, and when I'm looking, I'll just like go do a lap around like a Marshalls or something with a place that has random stuff and be like, oh, maybe that's like a good ball. And like, you'll find like a nice thing to spin or a funny object that like, like, I had a friend who does a routine where he balances a platform, like a stick on his face that has a, an acrylic platform on it. And then he has one of those dogs that you wind up and it does a backflip, but only after like 30 <laughs> seconds. And so he's like, it's like this really big build where the dramatic music is going and he's balancing this platform in the face and then the dog does a backflip on the platform. You <laughs> just never know when you're going to stumble into something like that. So I'd like to say I like, I'm always I'm always on the lookout.
1: That's incredible. Hmm.
3: Yeah, um,
0: you might not know this, but I'm going to tell a little side story here.
1: Yeah, let's um, do it.
0: One of the first parties that I went to with Alex, and I think Michael was there too, but this is like, this is the event that brought us all together, so... Um, we're,
1: we're party animals, we party all yeah. of them. we've gone to like two <laughs> yeah, parties before, and then one of them we all happened to meet each other at, so, <laughs> yeah. so very serendipitous.
0: This is a uh, this is a golden memory, if there is such a thing in my, in my brain, but I remember Alex was doing uh, magic Uh-oh. tricks, and I love magic tricks. Because i I don't know how to do them because they really are magic to me.
1: I barely remember this because I remember if I can add in real quick, my oh, roommate was my roommate was way better at the time at magic tricks. Yes, but he was an asshole about it. So like he would do a magic <laughs> trick and then if you weren't impressed, he'd get upset with you. So I was drunk and I Sounds was like, like- <laughs> I'm going to do magic tricks, but really bad. <laughs> they so still, keep that in mind as this continues.
0: Th- look, they still impressed me. Okay. I don't remember if it was you or, or the other guy that was doing them, but I saw some magic tricks that night and my mind was blown and I don't know how they work, but I think that <laughs> if I may draw this back to the, uh, to the actual topic here is like juggling to me is that particular level of like wow factor. Cause I, I personally, I can't juggle anybody that can do a thing that I can't do. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Where'd you learn how to do that? Like, I want to know everything about it, but, um, just to watch somebody do something that I can't do is, is the magic in and of itself really. So, um, yeah, juggling's, juggling is magic. Oh, so that really,
3: much. That's really nice. I think it's funny, though, that in that story, you guys touched on a really funny topic in the, the community, which is like jugglers and uh, magicians don't really get along. Um, it's because magicians wait, are wait, assholes. Like, that's t- common yeah. knowledge
1: at this point, right? We, we take like,
3: pot ooh. shots at each other. Yeah. That's a beef. Um, uh, yeah the well the thing is, okay so if you want to talk about like entertainment or like in like terms of like salesmen like <laughs> magicians are the sleazy car salesman of like entertainment mm. and then like like the jugglers are like the person who just has like this invention like oh, look at this thing I made it's so great and you're like yeah okay it's not really it's like whatever yeah it's nice but like the, the magician is gonna like oh hey you want this oh yeah do you want to see this this is really nice it's like the sham wow guy like if there's a <laughs> right. up in like, your if, face about like, it like, yeah <laughs> like the sham wow guy is what I think of when I think of like the average magician now this is this is, this is not. This is not true. I, there's a lot of really great magicians, but there's a lot of really bad magicians too are that there? are just like, like they'll go like they'll, they just think you want to see something. Like I don't juggle in bars. Like I don't just go into a bar and start juggling for people. If, if you, you did, ever know, people would love, love it. That. Like people yeah. would go crazy about that. Hey, but it's in the, like in the right context. But if you want, if I like went into a bar, I walked up to a single woman, right, start and it. I was just like, hey, I was That's like hey, it's always
1: you wanna... a bad idea, no matter what the next yeah. step is. And I'm like,
3: hey, do you want to see a juggling trick? And she just like, and I just start going, which is what magicians do. And it's like an aesthetic of like how to perform. It's like get like, the fuck out of here. What do you <laughs> like? They just like think that they're like. I might, they just think that they're entitled to your uh, attention in I a way think, that I yeah. don't think. And jugglers are more just like I'm having fun. Look at me, like
1: can over in the all, corner. The four of us can we all agree? Um, no, we <laughs> you know can what? never agree. There's Sorry. there's another podcast out there uh, <laughs> called My Brother, My Brother and Me, and they hate jugglers they like famously what i love base. my brother my brother and me and i didn't they know are, they hate jugglers they are way against jugglers i've listened to every single episode of theirs and sort of earlier on they had to like squash their beef with jugglers because for a while they were like jugglers aren't allowed to listen to our podcast what um why yeah that's like a thing that <laughs> they did but they've since squashed it i don't i don't know, remember why i don't know but we love jugglers here we okay. if we can all agree yeah, fuck magicians. <laughs> that's yeah, our thing. I, I that's our like
0: thing. David Blaine
3: and you
1: know, I mean Penn that's Teller, fine. David Blaine like, is
3: pretty cool. Okay,
1: here's here's the biggest difference, and especially sitting in this comparison of like the guy in a bar doing his performance thing, a magician really is there to steal the attention of like one person and put the spotlight on them, and nobody likes that, especially in like the growing society of like anxiety being a huge thing and especially like social anxiety being this huge thing nobody wants to be the person the magician's messing with because the magician is doing a show but the magician needs a singular person to like do their show Mm -hmm. a juggler like and I commend you for this you guys could be in an apocalypse away from thousands of people and you'll yeah. still pick some shit up and start throwing it. That's and so, I love that. <laughs>
3: That's such a good point. Yeah, it is really interesting that like as a performance art, juggling exists external to the performance um, and magic, magic doesn't really because magic is, you can do it, but it's all about, um magic is really interesting because of this it's very like it only it only exists in the being seen right Mm -hmm. it's from a perspective from a situation whereas yeah juggling is um it can be external to itself
2: And it harpers back
1: it harpers back to that point that you had made before about like the guy who was like do not call me a magician because what i'm doing is real mm -hmm. it's like magicians have to trick somebody but jugglers are just juggling
3: yeah, and, and I think it's really cool. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Penn and Tellers Fool Us. Not to chalk up some magicians. <laughs> um Penn's but okay. it, it's a really great example of like a lot of magic just has such a history and such like a People just know about magic. And so, so many magicians kind of do the same thing um, and they do the same kind of magic. There's the up-close magic, the card magic, the coin magic, and the same tricks. And you you buy new tricks and you pay to learn them from somebody else. Like it's a very kind of um, acquisition-based kind of art form. Um, hmm. And then with like with, with Penn & Teller's Us, they're truly doing something that's like unique. And like the way that they've always performed is they perform a magic a magic trick and then they will explain to you how they did it. But sometimes oh, yeah. they don't actually explain to you how they did it. Um, but they just do they make you think that you know what they're doing and um and they make it fun and they make it so that it doesn't cheapen the magic. Where like Yeah. The reason magicians have the code of like never telling anybody how they do something is because they will they will ask you to see it again. And if you show them and you tell them how they do it, they won't care afterwards, right? Yeah, like it they,
1: devalues mm-hmm. the trick. Yeah. And they're all so like mm-hmm. interconnected that you can ruin somebody else's act by doing that. Mm-hmm. That's why the masked magician was like, he had to stay masked because people were trying to like kill him for doing the shit that he was doing.
3: One last thing on, on this on this subject is magicians, like even friends of mine, like, you know, they still won't, they won't tell, like friends that I worked with for years, like I, I'll see the tricks enough that I'll know how they're done or whatever, but they'll, they won't, they genuinely still won't, like a, a friend of yours who's a magician who like does it professionally, they won't explain it to you unless you're another magician. They just mm-hmm. will kind of like, it, it, and it's something that's so interesting. It's so, um, it's so, like across the board. It just happens so consistently, and it's very interesting that they have that kind of cons- like concentrated idea of what their art form is. And it's very unique that it's like so, like so, um, so <laughs> it's intense. Like Fight
0: Club, I guess. Yeah, it really <laughs> sure is. About Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club, so right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our sort of. It's not a magician band. If you're a magician, you can listen. To our podcast. Not that we really have any credit to tell anyone they can't listen. Please, magicians, if you guys just want to hate listen to us, that'd be great. I will say, <laughs> I will say Penn and Teller do get a pass because they are every act that they've ever done, they've been like, we're about to lie to you. Um, so get ready because yeah, we're liars and that's mm-hmm. what we do. And I respect that. I will say a sort of side story um about Penn and Teller, just because I this is this and I want to share it with you guys. They did a performance. It's pretty famous. You've all probably seen it. Uh I believe it was on SNL, but it was like when they were like a lot younger. Um and it was the anti-gravity performance. They were like doing stuff and then it would like float up and they were like everything you're doing, everything we're doing is a lie. See if you can catch what we're doing. And like they do the entire act. They'd like do a card trick, and they like go and the cards would all fly up in the air and they would like blow up a balloon and it would float up and um without it being like full of helium and they would like make a doll dance and you're like how are they doing all of this they're like just remember that we're liars and this is tv and everything on tv is fake and then when they zoomed out it showed that they had done the entire act strapped upside down with the camera upside (laughs) down as well so that it was it showed them like they were right side up but the entire time they were like expanded they were like hanging basically by their legs from this pole (laughs) <laughs> uh, and you're like holy shit they didn't do anything they just like put a camera upside down and that was the entire act um,
3: amazing
1: but i do respect that kind of like we're gonna trick you and then immediately tell you how we tricked you because that's the fun of this
3: yeah and if um, you, you want to respect if you want to respect Penn a little bit more pen gillette pen gillette is an amazing juggler he got to start he started as a juggler uh working the Renfair circuit hmm. and uh and he got into magic later um I just Ken, realized Ken, that his Ken name is
1: Gillette. Yeah. <laughs> like Gillette Penn. He literally just looked at it and was like, We'll do the opposite.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that's his actual name. I don't actually know that. I'm pretty yeah. sure it yeah. is. Is it
1: really?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Gillette with a J though. So um yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Penn so Penn Fraser okay. Gillette. The second best a man can get.
1: If you guys want to, <laughs> before, before we before wow. we uh hop back into the conversation of juggling one last thing on magicians and then we'll stop talking about them. But if you want to like completely blow your mind and feel uncomfortable for an hour, uh, Teller actually did a TED talk <laughs> where what? you just like watch what? Teller talk for an hour about like magicians. Hey, and I don't believe I, it. I watched it and I was like, this is so weird. Like
0: he can't talk. Don't be silly.
1: Gillette wasn't up there. It was just him, and he was just talking about like their performance. Uh, and like how they got together and what magic means to him. It's pretty incredible, but it will make you uncomfortable for the entirety of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Did you guys ever see that guy on America's Got Talent a few years back? He went by the name of Tape Face.
1: Yeah, uh, the boy I love with, Tape Face. The boy with actually, Tape on his face. Yeah, I've actually yeah. seen a lot of his work, too. <laughs> yeah,
3: so for those who don't know, Tapeface is a, I'd say he's a physical comedian, a mime, if you will. And he basically yeah. puts a strip of black duct tape across his face and he kind of has this like punk emo look or whatever. And he does really basic um, pantomime routines uh, that are hilarious. And he just does really well, like two oven mitts singing, like, and I will always like still love you <laughs> at each other. Just like that's his entire routine on America's Got Talent is like them singing at each other. Like this. I'm 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 kay. pantomiming on screen <laughs> if it's, you're listening. It's, but yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so good because there's so much character that he gives to these mm. two oven mitts yeah. that you're like Oh, my yeah. God. Look at him or go. Like,
3: yeah. The routine where you walk out and you have like a uh, looks like you have like a person with you and they're wearing like a red dress and like you're controlling one arm and the other one is like them. And they're like, like, oh, they're like their hands getting limp, like, hey, watch your hand. And, you know, like they're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like so that. he does all he does that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, his name's Sam Wells. He's also a juggler. Started off as a street performer. Um, and uh, but I was in Vegas once just on a, a trip with uh, some people, some friends and family. And I. uh I was at a bar at the Flamingo, at the Jimmy uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. God bless. And, uh, <laughs> best Let's place get me on the show. <laughs> Five dollar blackjack. So this is Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. You guys owe me a sponsorship. Five dollar <laughs> blackjack tables. The dealers wear Hawaiian shirts, and it's just low key. Like you and do. yeah, you wait. You have to wait a little while to get a table, but we're there. And there there's a bar right behind us. And I look behind me, and I'm like, I just looked behind me. And I'm like. Oh, this is like back in his heyday when he first got his Vegas show. After the show, he has a show on on the Strip, um, and I see him. He's just standing over at the bar, and he's Does in, in like costume. The tape on his face. No, he does. He's in costume oh, okay. though. Like, cause he's, he just, he does a show at the, um, at the Flamingo, which is the attached casino. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's tape face. So I just walk over and I was like, I was just introduced myself and and he talked, we talked for a few minutes. It was just very jarring though. The first minute was like, first of all, seeing what his face looked like. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. He was cool. And then we took, I was like, can we take a photo? And he was like, yep. And he immediately covered his face up, <laughs> <Incredible>. <laughs> which was kind of brilliant. So, um, that's very brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Something to be said about that. And also talking about this is entertainment related. I think that type of act is brilliant because like the blue men group, you can have an infinite number of them. Yeah. You can put a guy in like a a black, a black jumpsuit with tape on his face and spiky black hair and, and any country. And they do, they have like three people that perform as tape face now and Hmm. they have tons of blue Man group that are just percussionists that are good at moving around, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So
1: that's incredible. Okay. Um, We're, we're, approaching near the end of the episode oh shit sorry no 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 we got about like 10 minutes left so this is just gonna be like rapid fire q a uh for the boys and i okay. just like questions uh if you guys have any of course uh but my Absolutely. first my first question uh, is um if you had to pick like where you end up like i know that you're touring right now um which is incredible. And we were very excited to hear that you got this gig. Cause it sounds very cool. Uh, I mean, you're living in a, ho- a hotel right now, which, yeah. you know, however <laughs> you feel about it is yeah, still yeah. cool from like it's our the perspective. rock
3: and roll lifestyle, and, man. you yeah, I'm working a County fair in Alpena, Michigan. It's not a bad gig. It's fine. I'm right by the great awesome. lakes. Nice. So we like very that.
1: Very nice. Um, But but if I had if if you had to pick like a place that you ended up like, what's your end goal with juggling? Is it like sort of a Vegas show? Like what all would you want to be doing? uh, End game.
3: Yeah. Gosh, that's a great question. Uh, You sound like my my parents. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. Um, I really like being involved. I used to be the artistic director of a circus company, and I enjoyed that a lot. I think that juggling juggling is hard and the type of performance I do is very physical. So I don't know that I'll do that forever. I would love to maybe have uh, an entertainment company that works on that. I would love to do more commercial work. Um, uh, I've done like juggling commercials this year. It's like a flat uh, for like sporting goods stores. They just have us juggling the background. I would like to do more like, like high quality work that pays better. That is a little bit more like uh, hit or miss so that I'm not doing as many gigs, I guess is my mm-hmm. ultimate goal. Um, and wherever that goes, um, I did a lot of library programs this summer. And that's like a really condensed work period, you know? So like, it's like two months out of the year, summer reading programs happen and you can do just tons of shows. And then you can make a lot of your income for the year in just that two months. And um, juggling is all about, you, you're a juggler because you want the lifestyle. Um, and you can have, you can be very fortunate to have periods of time off if you get lots of good quality periods of time working. So, um, yeah, that's my goal is to have a, a more, uh, a lifestyle that is, that is a a good pace for me. I think that's Mm -hmm. my ultimate goal. I know that's not a true answer, but. No, it's good, good enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very good
1: answer.
0: Have you ever worked for like uh, Barnum and
3: Bailey or anything like that? Um, no. So there's there's still first of all there's still a ton of circuses that tour the country. Okay, uh, so lots so of small yeah, family that's, that's circuses circus I know about. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are lots <laughs> of circus small one, circuses. Is that
1: one still out there?
3: No, Barnum and Bailey Earth. closed. I went to their final show. It was in um in uh Long in Long Island. They did their final show in like 2016 or something. I traveled there with the owner of the entertainment company I was working with, and mm-hmm. uh, we watched their final show. But they're not gone. They basically just had to restructure their their model. wasn't working anymore. The way they couldn't use elephants. Um, and so I think they'll be back as like a, a Broadway type show, a smaller show. They won't be an arena show, but they'll be like on stage, and it'll be um a version of the circus. So mm-hmm.
0: okay, oh, yeah, because. I mean, that's as far as I know. That's that's the extent of my knowledge about circuses. They have yeah. elephants. They have the ringmaster guy with the mm-hmm. with the lion, and there's three rings for some reason. Yeah. Um, and there's also Barnum and Bailey used to have their own train. Yeah. So I was, I was like, <laughs> yes, that's, I, I, that's, that's yeah. my connection. I like trains. But you know what? Thing. Maybe
3: I'll try and get you the photo of me doing like a, a stacking somebody on my shoulders in front of the Barnum and Bailey train for the for the promo. Incredible. Um, I did that at, at like the the final show. So so I'm I, gonna keep the,
0: I have to. So here's how we do the thumbnail. to frame it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to frame it. Probably. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's not even like a cool train. It's just like an Amtrak that they rented out. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. it is a train. Um, yeah. But behind the scenes, we have to like cut you out. Um, oh, okay. Just have you as a thumbnail.
3: Okay, okay, so yeah. I'll send you what but if I'll I send keep, you i I'll send you a cheesy photo of me as a
1: ringmaster how I'll that a keep sounds? the train part hey, for my own personal great. files, of course. Yeah. But um, you all have seen this already, probably.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: What's what's a circus like nowadays? Do they still do like the elephants and the ring they still do yeah. like the classical circus experience.
3: Yeah. So there's, there's, um, the circus is a lot of different things now. There's still those small family circuses that tour around that are exactly like what you expect. They, they do, they jump every night. They travel to another city. They set up the small tent. It's usually a one ring show. They still have animals. Oh. They have a petting zoo. They do, uh, they, are half family acts, half like, and then they bring in people and they all have their own trailers. They live in and they do like classic circus. Then there's a lot of entertainment, a lot of entertainment companies that book circus style entertainment that you would book for a a party or a corporate event, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then there are like Broadway style, like Cirque du Soleil, Cirque dreams, Cirque, like higher production quality, uh, circuses. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty healthy. Actually, there's a pretty robust circus, um, uh, what's the word for environment. Yeah. very cool nice. i did not know
0: that i'll have to go yeah. check one of those out
3: yeah yeah comes it comes with the a lot of people practice aerial arts now like as like a hobby i've seen like that. a lot, of, really a lot cool. of studios of, yeah so there's that and so it's just kind of there's this like uh knowledge and people do like all the instagram like acrobats and stuff you know so there's there's a lot of that on tiktok so it's kind of got that realm too which is cool <laughs> it's entertainment <laughs> it's all over the place mm-hmm.
2: very cool yeah yeah so so then at what point in your life then were you like juggling is something I can do for a career?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was when I was 16 when I first started doing it for money, I was I, I was aware of this entertainment company in Cincinnati and I called the owner.
1: Shout out. What's that? Shout out Cincinnati. Yeah. Shout out Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I live in Columbus now. <laughs> I
3: live in Columbus now, so I'm not really that far. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, but I was I was working for this entertainment company. All right, I, I knew this entertainment company was there, and I had a friend. The person who ran my juggling club worked for them, and he had graduated a couple of year, a year before. And so one day I'm sitting there, and I, I my my parents like, "Brian, you need a summer job." So I like I call them up, um, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm a juggler. I want to work for you guys." And they're like, "How old are you?" And I said, "I'm 16." They're like, "I call us back when you're 18," and they just hung up on me. And uh, <laughs> and it just so happened that the guy, the juggling club president of mine, was in the room with that person the the owner of the company at the time and he said um he said who was that he's like oh some kid named brian that's that juggles he's only 16 though, and he goes oh brian koenig and 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 he said yeah and one of my specialties is i juggle a lot of objects it's called numbers juggling like i could do like nine and ten objects at a time um, in practice uh so that was like what i worked on when i was younger though which is very notable like for a kid that can juggle a lot um and he's (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so. Um, but he's like, oh, that's he's like, that's he's like, was that Brian Canning? And the guy said, yeah. And he's like, that kid can juggle nine balls. And so then my phone rings and it's the owner and he's called me back and he's like, is it true you can juggle nine balls? And I go, uh, yeah. Because I'm just like, I don't know. He's like, you should have led with that. Your ass yeah. is hired. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's literally how I got my start. And then I started doing like lots of like, stilt walking, balloon twisting, juggling, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it just m- <laughs> morphed into what it is now
2: yeah so those are all just cool. like tricks of the trade that you picked up as you were going
3: yeah the more you did the more work you could get until you were good enough at the one thing you like doing that you could work enough doing that
2: so gotcha. love that
0: yeah that's uh, kind of how a uh, designer works too <laughs> <laughs> yeah the more things fair. you can do you can do video motion graphics etc cetera, etc cetera, then you get hired more so yeah this podcast looks the great looks
3: great yeah. by the way
1: hey thanks uh Thank you. you know it's it's been a passion project for a while we have a really good team here who come <laughs> up with all of our our stuff to make it look good yeah Nick. <laughs> um uh my my final question uh and the the boys may have another question as well but i have this one um just to kind of help you plug and to sort of sum up the end of the show Please
0: plug we encourage it
1: And Michael Michael kind of got into or I think Michael asked a question that made you sort of mention it. But like you said, people are on TikTok and people are like out there on YouTube making videos and stuff. Do you also like contribute socially, like social media, like to get yourself out there? Is there a place where people can like go and see what you do and watch you perform?
2: Yeah,
3: sure. Um uh, just to plug, uh, I'm on Instagram, that's where I do the most stuff. Brian Throws Up. Um Brian with an eye. <laughs>
1: that's so good. God,
3: you're such a that's cool guy. So good. Well, Jesus. I tried to it used to be my name, Brian Koenig, but it was too hard to spell, so nobody followed me. And then eventually I changed it. Um the same reason, like on oh, my Venmo, my Venmo is Tip Brian. Like when I plug it in my street shows and stuff, like right, you know, you just good. get it. That's yeah. very good. Not that all I'm right, plugging, I'm I'm plugging my Venmo right now. Yeah, um, you win. <laughs> all those people with money that just want to send it to me. Uh, no, but um, Not me. yes, there I do use juggling. Um, I've gotten gigs through social media. Uh, one of my bet my best paying gigs was this commercials that I did. Um, I didn't get it personally through social media, but the guy. Uh, A friend of mine is a stuntman, and he is a juggler as well. And they contacted him to do stunts for this commercial. And he then got booked for something bigger, which was to be Daryl's stunt double for The Walking Dead, which is a crazy cool gig. Yeah. Um, yeah, And then he passed. So then they are like, they had won it juggling, though, because they found out he could juggle. So they had storyboarded it into the commercial. uh, And he would already brought on his other juggling friend. And that juggling friend knew me. So then they brought me in. And so just friend of a friend... But because of social media, I got that gig. Um, and yeah, there's some there's some jugglers that just do social media work. There's a juggler named Josh Horton. He does. Uh, he's got like half a million subs on YouTube, and he started off doing Instagram juggling trick shots. So um, it's a it's an avenue. I don't go super hard on it, but I like using Instagram just for fun and for doing light promotion.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. Hopefully, so, we're not yeah. throwing up too much. <laughs> hey, That's, that is such that is such yeah. a cool username. I went on a kick. Maybe a week or two ago, just changing my username on Twitter like every five minutes, just seeing what was available. Oh, the yeah. best <laughs> one that I found was, uh, and it might still be available for anybody out there who wants to take it. It is at Yo Moms Pool Boy, was one <laughs> that is still available. Uh raunchy there. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want it, feel free to take it. Um, there are a bunch out there that are really cool but that's that's really that's very cool Koenig throws out <laughs> yeah, for, or yeah just, Brian throws up it's, Brian, um, it's,
3: people remember it it's simple I, I like it so yeah um,
1: yeah cool alright so thanks for playing uh, with, with that being said we're gonna end the episode with our favorite segment which is the quick this um, Michael I believe you hosted last week so you are going to lead us down this avenue yeah So it's let me get let me get your timer ready. You got five minutes. All right. uh, To close the show with this topic separate from the one that we've talked about this episode. Yep. Uh,
2: Maybe connected. I don't know. Or maybe connected. Who knows? Ready? Set. Go. All right. So I remember growing up uh, having to wake up super, super early in northern Kentucky, like getting ready for school and turning like my parents already had the TV on because they just had to have something on in the background. And so I remember very early on, like listening to just local broadcast news. And that just being like my definition of news as a whole, Um, just super dry, super boring, talks about depressing shit all the time. Uh, It's like, it's either like one or the other, like, look at this cute animal that can do a trick or five people died and it's like (laughs) one or the other. And so for me, like growing up, I explicitly like wanted to avoid the news because I was like, I don't need that in my life. That's just like is way too much mental overhead. However, when I was in like middle school-esque area, like that time in my life, I discovered a network called Comedy Central. Uh, Comedy Central, as we all know, was a host of many fantastic shows, like all Mm -hmm, of the different mm -hmm. like Comedy Central presents comedian shows, which all of those are still absolute gold mines. Um South Park is the classic. Uh but then I believe right after or right before South Park came an interpretation of the news that I became a very quick fan of, uh one that we've all probably heard of, The Daily Show and the subsequent mm. Colbert Report. Um <laughs> These two shows were probably my first ever introduction into anything political. Um And it was so helpful at, like, such a young age to have these sorts of, like, conversations being framed in this, like, nonsensical manner. I mean, you have Colbert basically doing an entire skit where he's playing a character who is trying to do a hard-hitting news report on the state of, uh, I don't know, the 2000s election called, like, The Great (laughs) Indecision Uh, Mm um there was another one with john stewart he specifically had a segment on his show uh that when the war in iraq started that would go on every single week called mesopotamia Uh, um and it's just like these spins uh like these two comedians and all of the other correspondents that they brought on um are so incredibly good at framing the absurdity of the political world and the news world into a way that regular people can interpret it. Uh, Cause like how many times have you just gone into like, I don't know, like a hairdresser or like a bar or something, or even like the gym and like Fox news is on and yeah. it's like it oh, especially nowadays yeah especially <laughs> nowadays and it's like it's all just so incredibly dry and depressing and all of this shit and it's like i just want to go back to the days where i could turn on comedy central and have two fantastic comedians telling me about how like the first ever time i heard the meme of like mitch mcconnell looks like a turtle
0: he does uh,
2: <laughs> and <laughs> it's true yeah and I think one of the biggest and most special things about it is the two comedians at the core of it, uh, Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart, um, both incredible comedians. Um, But one of the biggest things that they brought to The Daily Show and The Colbert Report that was very different from what they initially thought of the shows as was they wanted to bring in their own political spirit and their own ideas and ideologies into the show in a way. So that way it wasn't necessarily to like. Uh, specifically like poo-poo on certain like political parties or whatnot, but it was more so like well, there has to be a human element in all forms of entertainment. There has to be some sort of human element. If you are just constantly just like, look at this guy, he's silly. Like he said something dumb that doesn't make anyone laugh at
1: mm-hmm. least not
2: for very long. It's bringing in that human element. And I think the perfect representation of that is uh John Stewart's uh, monologue that he did after nine 11 um it just they went on a hiatus from the show for i think like 11 days and it wasn't until like september um uh, i don't know i think it was like the the 20th or 22nd? something yeah okay. something like that um and he opened the show completely like dropped his facade of like i'm a comedian it's just like i'm just gonna tell it straight to you like this is what the world needs right now like comedy isn't going to do anything for the people who died or anything of the sort it's like we're going to do our part to just kind of like bring i don't know bring bring happiness to the world in this time of sadness him and Mm -hmm. stephen colbert and it was from then on that like i noticed a very distinct change in myself um like from how i was able to interpret the political world around me it's not just like it's all serious stuff but at the end of it have fun with it. People are stupid. People are weird. People say stupid sure. stuff, but it all is real in the end, and it's all special. And I don't know. I, I was I I had slept in uh, pretty late this morning, <laughs> <laughs> and You're not I had, talking like
0: garbage. Let's be yeah, honest. Here. I know like, it's, no, it's, no, a no. hard it's, it's a big stuff. step up. Spitting and, mad
1: truth. Um, <laughs> one thing that I thought was really interesting about those two shows—they always came on um, before mad tv
2: that's where would, what it was where
1: yes. i would spend the night uh at my grandparents house so i i wanted to watch mad tv because at the time i was an idiot and thought it was better than snl now i know better of course um but <laughs> no. uh i so i would watch like that as and I, i'm significantly younger than you michael um at least in terms of like our age gap means that i was watching it at like eight when you were maybe watching it at like 11 14 <laughs> right yeah or something like that um So I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. I just knew that they were funny and they talked fast and they had these characters. But I later learned like they are playing characters that they build. Absolutely. Um, Like they the stuff that they're saying is mostly said in our sarcastic light. So if they're like getting mad about something, they're pretending to be the other side that they disagree with. And they're like, do you see how ridiculous you look? Which oh, yeah. is just like a tactic that I I absolutely adore. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: kind of a straw man, but at the same time, it's a comedic straw man. So well, yeah, yeah.
2: And I think one of the like one of the funniest things that came out of this was uh, like when John Stewart went on a old CNN show called uh, Crossfire. Um, mm-hmm. It's where Tucker so Carlson good. came from. Best clip, uh, yeah. And they <laughs> and were trying ever. to make him look dumb. Yeah, they were trying so hard to make John Stewart look dumb, and he's just like. I, the show that comes on before me is Puppets. Like, yeah. You're on He's an like, actual news show.
1: <laughs> he actually knew his stuff, though. He was like, well, why did you say this on your show? He's like, because my show's not real. Your show is real, and you're saying equally ridiculous things. Yeah. And they like cut him off, like took him off
2: the show. Right, and then the, the other yeah. thing that I absolutely loved was, uh, I don't remember his name. He used to be a big broadcaster for, I think, Fox. But uh, he had Stephen Colbert come on. Stephen Colbert mm-hmm. came on in character. Oh, I love this. Uh, and it was just like everything that this other reporter tried to throw at Stephen. He's just like, you know, I think and just like completely took it for a completely like 180 spin. Yeah. And yeah. it was so wonderful to watch. It's just like there's mm-hmm. a YouTube
1: rabbit hole to go down <laughs> for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Watching them do their thing. It's incredible. We'll link those um, on the show notes. That's right. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Uh, brian for coming on and you're so informed it was so cool we
2: got to see some juggling man what a oh, what, wow. an awesome, yeah. what an awesome what an awesome way to start the day
0: awesome guest episode
2: yeah I i'm just looking back and remembering the last hour and 15 minutes I'm just like wait all this shit happened <laughs> yeah chef's <Shit>. um, <laughs> kiss no i just say thanks for having me
3: guys it was a great time i didn't really know what to expect and uh it was a pleasure um hope you didn't get sick of my voice
0: <laughs> oh no, i got sick not. of my own voice so i mean
1: <laughs> yeah i get sick of nick's voice too yeah me too. if uh, <laughs> hey, if you if you want to go ahead just for the end of the episode go ahead and plug one more time uh just so anyone who's ending the episode can immediately mm-hmm. jump to your stuff including uh, you uh, F-
3: yeah <laughs> you can just find me check me out on instagram or tiktok probably at brian throws up um yeah i've got a website but you don't need it fair it's enough lit- gotcha very cool
1: uh, if there is anything that you guys want to hear us cover, maybe something that we haven't covered yet, we love to take your guys' suggestions. We'll look into anything. I'll watch anything. We did an episode on uh, <laughs> Blue Velvet once, and that was a fucking trip, but we did it anyway because somebody suggested it. If you guys got suggestions, you can uh, hit us up in our email. We are entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. If you want an easier way of hitting us up, you can go to our website. It's entertainthis.net. Scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a little questionnaire that you can fill out. Equally, you can reach out to us on social medias, on Twitter. We are at entertain underscore this. You can find us on Instagram. We are entertain this podcast. As always, entertain us so we can entertain you and you can entertain this. We'll see you guys next Friday.
0: Peace. Bye. Special thanks to our guest, Brian Koenig, for coming on the show. Additional commentary on this episode of Entertain This was brought to you by Alex Steele, Michael Savoia, and Nick Kangas. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Fresh by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.